Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. Paddy, how are you this week? I am positively fantastic because the sun is out. Obviously, this will be released in another week, so I say this every single week. This is basically recorded a week behind, so who knows? It could be pissing rain the entire week before this actually goes live, and people will be like, what What are you talking about? You know, Where's the sun? The well, right sun, now, yeah. it's been phenomenally sunny all day which has been great. I've been doing my check-ins at the back garden and, you know, clients are winning, sun on my back, phenomenal day. Yourself, Gary, how are you? Very good. Training hard. Went for casual little 30K run this morning, so that was nice. You know, just get, just kind of a warm-up for the rest of the day, really, is, is kind of how I think about it, you know. It's, it's like... Getting steps in, like... Yeah, it's just like stretching, you know, in the morning, just kind of getting going, really. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun and, and the weather hasn't been too bad here either now to be honest the weather's normally much nicer in dublin than it is down south and um, so it's probably one of the only better things about dublin but the chad but, dublin but yeah um it hasn't been too bad so can't complain unless i'll barbecue there for lunch so you know life is good life is good so this week what are we talking about patty i believe we're talking about diets we are talking about diets and this continues on our obesity series that we have been talking about because this is a I'm going to say frequent objection to the solutions offered to the obesity epidemic, which is you know kind of weird, right? Um, and also, especially because we're in the health and fitness industry, first of all, we are biased, right, in, in terms of answering this question. Um, but also, we are biased because we see it actually being incorrect, like the, the, the premise of this question being incorrect or the... the the, the premise behind this question actually being incorrect. Like we see the actual results day in, day out, you know? So the actual question itself is, do diets even work? Right? Like that's, you know, that's kind of the objection put across for a lot of the solutions to the obesity epidemic. People will say, oh, we can't solve obesity because people always say it's a calories in, calories out argument and people need to work on their diets and lifestyle. But if you look at the research, diets don't even work so you know what's the point of that and if you look at the research that is the case right however it's a rather poorly formed argument and it's a rather poorly done science i'm going to say right um, and it's not just from the science perspective it's both from the actual intervention you know if someone goes on a, a weight loss diet like the science behind that weight loss diet is you know poorly done and um, but then also the actual methodologies used to assess whether or not a diet actually works you know it's kind of poorly put together and we're going to get into it but one of the reasons for that is like like what definition of working are we actually running with you know like what's the actual definition of like success on a diet and this is it's probably the biggest question we'll answer today because like that's actually the defining criteria of like did you succeed in your in your diet or not it all depends on what you categorize as succeed but anyway gary what are your thoughts on the question do diets even work Mm -hmm. yeah so i think the first thing to to start with here is i guess understanding that every single intervention that you you're going to come across whether it's surgical uh, whether it's a drug an exercise intervention a diet intervention 
is going to have a spectrum of responses. Okay. Um, that's the vast majority of cases. And that's, what, that's just on that. That's even the case. If you do nothing, if you categorize nothing as an intervention, exactly nothing placebo, nothing at all. Um, there's always a spectrum of responses. And this is something that you have to understand from the get go, because I think sometimes people might be, you know, viewing interventions, like maybe it's a, a surgery or it's a, a drug or whatever. And assuming that, oh yeah, hundred percent of people are going to get better on this drug because it works. But that's kind of not the reality. You know, some people mightn't respond. There might need to be a dosing change. You might need to play around with different medications. There might be genetic factors that change the response. There might be context specific factors. Maybe the drug is really difficult to tolerate because of side effects for certain people, but not others. All these sorts of things that come into whether or not something works for a given individual. And even when we start to talk about that, we, we then have to ask ourselves again, as you said, like, what, what do you actually mean by work? Like, what does, what do, what's our criteria there to, to say that something works or it doesn't work? And when we start to talk about diets, I think it's very easy if you've ever coached people through, or especially if you coach a lot of people through the weight loss process, it's very easy to understand why people might get the impression that um, diets don't work because some people's individual experience will suggest that, you know, they've had a really tough time with certain diets. And as a result, they might conclude that diets as a whole just don't work. And I think if, if you are that professional, again, who has worked with enough people, it's easy to see why, why that kind of just falls from the get-go because like as you evolve as a coach, for example, you start to do different things. You start to tell people, you know, um, actually you don't need to just eat this diet. Maybe we'll, we'll try to come up with this um, more customized approach for you. That's going to work better. And there's a behavioral change element to that. There's, you know, allowing the person the flexibility to eat different types of foods. You're basically taking the person towards a diet, dieting structure and the behaviors that are going to be more successful for them as an individual. And not only that, you're also seeing people regularly. So if you're a personal trainer, you might be checking in with your clients at least on a weekly basis. So there's constant support there that's helping them through the process. Also, there's exercise as part of that process. And that person comes to you as a trainer at the point of readiness. So they're ready to make all these changes and they're aiming at um, successful weight loss. So all of those things tend to be favorable from the perspective of contributing to a diet working. Okay. So if you're in a position where you're prepared for change, like one of the things we ask on our questionnaires, our questionnaire, when clients sign up, and we've got a section at the end that that's about readiness for change. And we're asking people a number of different questions. Like for example, if something, if, if your, if your health is deteriorating, do you normally blame it on other factors, on your own decisions, on family members. And that gives us an idea of what someone's initial perspective is on their overall um, health uh, decisions, their exercise, their nutrition, et cetera. And all those things are really, really important. And as you get to this question of whether or not a diet works, you have to then ask yourself of, 
like as it relates to the scientific research in particular, like what are the criteria that are often used? And they vary between different studies because what you'll see sometimes is that there might be a specific uh, absolute value of weight loss over a given period of time that's classified as a diet working. For example, it might be uh, 10 pounds of weight loss maintained at two years. Okay. Um, it might be five to 10% of body weight dropped maintained at one year. And this varies between different studies, but I think the important thing to understand as well that that is that is clarified most in the research when you look into it is that the more intensive the intervention, the more support that's there, the better people do effectively, you know. So there's a such a massive difference between someone just trying a diet because, you know, they decide, oh, I hate my body, I just want to lose weight. So you Google, you know, whatever diet uh, support group is in your area, maybe you look up, you go to Weight Watchers and they say, oh yeah, you know, eat this, this amount of points or whatever. And you go away and you do that for 12 weeks on your own without any additional support, let's say. If you're doing that sort of intervention where there's not changes each week, there's not support when you're struggling with different issues, no psychological support, et cetera, you can see how there'd be a higher failure rate versus someone who's working with, let's say, uh, in, in some of the better studies, you'll have people who are consulting with a dietitian, a psychologist who, who's um, engaging in behavior change or discussing behavior change strategies. And then you might have um, a, a personal trainer or exercise professional who's allowing the person or facilitating the person going through an exercise program. And all of these different touch points increase the probability of success. Um, and there are other factors then when it comes to the actual maintenance of that weight loss that also contribute to success. So for example, when someone is exercising, that generally improves weight loss maintenance. It doesn't seem to be too important for the weight loss process itself, but the maintenance of that longer term um, is, is really supported by exercise. So I think summarizing all of that, it should be pretty clear that there are a number of different moving parts in terms of our definition of, of what, a, what a diet working is. Um, and then just understanding that, like, as I said, a diet is not one thing. So it makes no sense to say it doesn't work. Like, it, it's almost like suggesting that a whole class of drugs or medicines in general don't work. It's like, yeah, sure. Like some of them, some of them aren't great. And some of them have an awful side effect profile. Similarly, you know, if you're on a very restrictive diet, yeah, there might be a, a rough side effect profile from that. But if you're on a, a well-structured diet that, you know, is, is in line with your preferences, it's a slight calorie deficit. There's changes made. There's breaks in the diet when you feel like you're struggling a bit more like, that has a low side effect profile. You know, there, there might still be higher risk for some people. And that's the same with drugs. Like in, in some cases, a patient might be on multiple different drugs and you might be saying, oh, there's an interaction between those two drugs. So based on this person, we're not actually going to prescribe that. And that's very similar when it comes to people with, with a, a history of eating disorders, for example, we might be a little bit more hesitant with, with the advice that we give. Um, so I think, I think that's really important to understand because I, I've heard some, even some doctors um, say, doctors kind of more on the anti-diet side of things, they've said, oh, if a, if a drug had the risk profile of um, diets or the success rate of diets, there's no way we'd be prescribing it to our patients. But the reality is that like that misses the, the, the whole point because a, a diet is not a single thing. Like if, if, if we were all just generally talking about 
super restrictive fad diets that we see on the internet, I, I would absolutely be saying, yeah, look, I mean, that's generally not going to be beneficial for someone. I don't think it's particularly helpful, but I think to, to put a well-structured diet with a slight calorie deficit and, and gradual exercise and considering the person's whole lifestyle into the same bucket as, I don't know, eating once a day, 800 calories, like they're just not the same thing, not a fair comparison. Yeah, hundred percent. And like the way I kind of think of this question is there's there's three moving parts uh, effectively right the first one is like we have to be solid on what our criteria is for success right because it's actually very hard to know what that success actually is um in in terms of it's going to be different for everyone like you know the success for an obese person or you know uh a fitness model person like that's going to be two different things right and also we have to be aware as the, i mean the two of us that we are obviously talking to individuals and as we did that podcast before like individualism or individual advice versus like population advice they're not necessarily the exact same thing so we always have to keep that in mind when we are you know talking about this stuff however like we do have to define a success criteria for the individual in front of us. And again, we can define one for a population. So that's the first moving part. And we'll we'll tackle that now in a second, because there's a few things we can talk about that. The next moving part is that, like you just said there, Gary, like diets are not a, a homogenous thing. It's not like there's just, oh, this is the one diet. You're either on this diet or you're a free living, free eating human, you know? That's just not the case. So you have this huge variable in terms of like, what do you actually mean when you say I'm on a diet? Because realistically, everyone is on a diet. Diet literally just means the food that you eat, you know? And so everyone is on a diet. So are we saying that the food that you eat doesn't work? Like it's it's a stupid premise. It's a stupid question from the off, right? Because it already assumes you have a preconceived notion of like what a diet is, what a diet means. And for most people, that seems to mean like, oh, I am, you know, restricting calories, right? And like, I fall victim to this myself as well. Like I literally refer to like, you know, cutting or, you know, losing body fat. I, I refer to it as like dieting, right? It's just, it's just ingrained in me, you know? But it does kind of perpetuate this kind of idea that, oh, diet means restriction, you know? And it is something that I am aware of, right? And um, so that's the next big variable. It's like, okay, well, diets are not the same thing. Like you said, like a really well-structured diet with a lot of support, with a lot of like, you know, individualization and changes made over time. Like that's completely different than, you know, something that's like, oh, I just found this run 1400 calorie meal plan on the internet and that's what I'm going to use as my diet or something like I'm just going to restrict carbs and that's, that's how I diet. You know, that's how I'm going to diet. I'm like, they're not the same thing. It's not the same as like, Oh, here's how we actually create a a really well-structured diet, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of like lean meat, you know, like all all the stuff that we we generally talk about. And we will talk about this stuff again in the future and specifically to like obesity and stuff and fat loss in general. And, but like, it's, it's not comparable. It's just not the same thing. Uh, at all you know it's like saying oh like what's the difference between a bicycle and i don't know uh an articulated truck you know it's like saying that they're like oh locomotion doesn't work you know it's like what like we're not talking about the same thing there's 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 levels to this stuff you know and but then also the final moving part is that we are always aiming towards a, a moving target right? Because it's not like this intervention has an actual defined endpoint. Like the actual defined endpoint is the end of your life, 
you know, like that's, that's when the diet ends, if you will, because people often have this idea around dieting that, oh, this is something I do for 12 weeks. And then I can just go back to eating the exact same way that I was previously. Right. And it's like, that's not the case with the diet. The diet is something that you have to do for the rest of your life. And that's one of the, it's probably the biggest issue that people have where first of all, they have a shit diet set up to like to the diet down, like to lose weight. And which is there, it's just not sustainable for the rest of their life. They're not building good habits. They're not building a, a good diet pattern overall. It's just restriction. So of course, as soon as they go back to trying to eat like a, a normal person, trying to deal with like social situations, trying to deal with whatever comes up in their normal life, they don't have any strategies to overcome those things. They don't have an actual diet. They just have the, I restrict, that's it, you know? So the diet is something that has to be something that you could do for the rest of your life, right? And that unfortunately is probably realistically why most people fail the diet. It's because they set up a, a poor dieting strategy, not through any fault of their own, like the industry is, you know, awash with shit diets, you know? Um, but they set up a, a bad diet paradigm overall and it doesn't support them for the rest of their life. So yeah, okay, cool. They got their five, 10, 15% weight reduction that they were aiming for, but then they're like, okay, well, wow, I got that for 12 weeks. Of course, I'm going to fail now because I actually have never understand, understood how to maintain because there is a difference between weight loss and weight maintenance, right? So if your diet is only a weight loss diet and you've never done a weight maintenance diet, how the fuck do you expect to maintain the results that you have uh, uh, you know, obtained, right? Like you actually don't have a diet set up that is geared towards that. The, your entire paradigm is like, I need to see a smaller number on the scales every time I step on it. That's how you set up your diet, right? And um, so of course, weight maintenance, of course, diets overall are going to fail because you, you haven't actually set up your diet for that, you know, end goal, right? And that's the third main variable. And it's actually the easiest one to tackle in, in theory, because like the, the analogy I always use and, and excuse my, my crudeness, but it's like wiping your ass, right? Like a diet is like literally wiping your ass. You don't just wipe it once and go, I'm all done. You know, I don't ever need to do that again. You know, like you're going to go to the toilet again, right? So you just go, oh no, I wiped my ass once. It's, it's all good. No, you have to keep doing this stuff. You know, if you want to clean ass, you have to keep wiping your ass, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's the exact same with the diet. It's like, if you want this end outcome in terms of like, I don't know, you want to lose 20 kilos and keep those 20 kilos off, like you still have to engage in the habits that led to that 20 kilo weight loss. There's probably other habits that we have to engage in so that, you know, we get that weight maintenance, such as you said earlier on, like, you know, engaging in you know, training and stuff like that really does help the process of weight loss, but also it helps keep you focused on like, oh, I'm actually looking to improve my performance. I'm actually looking to, you know, enjoy the, the training process. I'm actually, you know, there's other things on top of just like the, the habits that you engage in to get the weight loss there's probably other habits that you have to engage in to maintain as well. So it's one of those things where it's like, there are three big variables that we need to address to answer this question. And that final one, like, I think that actually ultimately is the crux of the issue. Like, well, well, whatever about the, the shit diet setups, like that's, you know, that's, it's the way the industry is set up. It's the way it's human nature. We all want to have this like secret hack and be like, Oh, I got the one little trick, you know? And um, so like, I don't think that that's ever going to go away as much as we'd like it to, because I know right now it's like the information, like good information is freely available online. It's not like there's a, a barrier to access to that. And um, however, people still fall into these like, Oh, I'm doing the lettuce and cabbage diet. You know, it's like, why? Like you, you can find good information 
freely available so many podcasts so many videos so many articles so many like good information or so so much good information that's like i don't think that's necessarily going to be tackled easily the last point in terms of like the fact that you have to continually doing this that's that's the biggest issue for most people because they just don't set up their diet correctly and they don't think of things in a, a longer time horizon and also we have to contend with the fact that most people as they age get heavier you know so you already have that working against you so it comes back to then trying to pin down that first variable of what's success because we have to now factor in the fact that most people as they age gain weight so if you define your criteria of success as like i lost 10 kilos and got to 70 kilos if your criteria for success is maintaining 70 kilos for the rest of your life like you're already going to be doing far better than the average population because the average population is gaining weight as they age until obviously, you know, old age, sarcopenia, that kind of stuff kicks in anabolic resistance um, and all that. Um, But that's like, we really need to be able to give a clear definition of what success actually is. So with that in mind, unless you have any other little jumping off points that you want to touch on, what do we define as, or how can we get a good idea of what this, what, like what is success in, in terms of how do we assess if a diet has worked or not? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think there's, there's two different parts here. Um, one I, it would be very simple is I guess, stepping away from the weight loss aspect itself and asking, you know, did the change in your diet habits lead to a higher quality diet. You know, that's obviously something that's really important because we know that we can have favorable changes in, in blood lipids and blood pressure and everything independent of weight loss. So clearly that can be um, a nice side effect of the process. Um, but more to the point, I guess, because when we say diet in this context, we're primarily talking about whether or not diets work for weight loss. Um, I think a sound kind of area, a sound range that seems to lead to improvements in health is that kind of five, five to 10% drop in body weight. Um, and I think two years, one to two years is kind of a good level to see if that has been maintained. If you're talking about um, like just trying to lose weight and then just try to stay there after that. I think five to 10% is a, a sound level. So, you know, that's actually not that much. Like that's the thing. Like if you're, let's say um, 80 kilos and you're, you lose 10% of your body weight, that's eight kilos, 5%, four kilos, obviously. Like it's not, it's not ridiculous to, to think you could achieve that, you know? So it could be that you, someone initially loses 10%, they drop down to 72 kilos and then, you know, they gain a couple of kilos, but they're still within that kind of five to 10% range at the end of that. And they're able to then maintain it. And it's just, it's just that it's not about these kind of rapid, insane, like losing 50 pounds, losing 50 kilos. That's obviously a much bigger feat. It's one that many people achieve, but it's very, very challenging. So I think those smaller thresholds is quite a useful, a useful starting point. Um, and obviously like, this is the thing with, with um, weight loss in general. It's that the, the maintenance process is quite difficult. So you, ha- you have to think about not only the diet as such, where you're trying to you know, be in a deficit and lose X amount each week or each month. You also have to think about the maintenance process. And that's one of the reasons that I think a lot of 
so-called diet failures take place is that people basically, like, as you said, you've got all the tools to be able to lose the weight, but then you don't actually have tools for life. You don't have the, the habits developed to actually hold you through for many more years to come. So I think that's why the support, whether that be of a single individual or a multidisciplinary team, tends to improve outcomes uh, so much because you're constantly devising new strategies for an individual to be able to carry the success forward into the future. And not only is it just about the weight loss and not only is it about the contact points, it's also about the person starting to shape themselves into someone who is a healthier or fitter person. Because I like to think of that as like being somewhat of an identity, like becoming someone who actively eats you know, a healthy diet and becoming someone who actively decides to go and exercise and to stay active regularly. All those things take a lot of time to develop. You know, it's, it's difficult. Like the modern environment is not conducive of that being the baseline for everyone. So as a result, it's only normal for there to be a significant amount of resistance. And even when we start to say that, like, let's say we put those kind of arbitrary ranges of five to 10% of body weight or whatever, there's also the, the point to note that it doesn't have to be at one point in time either. Like sometimes someone will, you know, start dieting and exam season is coming up and it's a super stressful period of time, or, you know, you've got young kids at home. It just mightn't be the best time and your diet might fail at that point in time, but it might be successful years later. And that, that, that's kind of one of the reasons that the, like some of the more kind of extreme views against dieting kind of worries me. Cause like, I've seen my own dieting history and sure there's been periods of time where, you know, I haven't been able to, you know, keep my diet in check as well. And I've seen that with clients where there's certain periods of time, they're more prepared for it, certain periods of time, they're less prepared for it. But ultimately as time goes forward, you develop those skills and you know yourself, when is a good time to be maybe pulling back calories a bit, or when is a good time to, you know, just kind of let the reins loose a bit and just, just, you know, focus on getting life in order. And I think that if you just tell people that, oh, diets don't work, you know, oh, look, you've been dieting for six weeks, just don't diet anymore, just stay as you are. Like, I worry that people just won't, they don't, they're not fulfilling the potential that they actually could have, because you could have actually developed those skills over time. Um, and that's not to say that everyone has to do that, because, you know, you might be in a, a perfectly good state of health, you might be someone who seems to be in that kind of metabolically healthy obesity category, and you might be totally happy with how you look. And if there is any excess risk from a health perspective, you might be kind of happy to take that. And no one's there to tell you that you need to lose weight in that position. But I think a lot of people do, you know, want to lose weight, they'd like to be leaner. And and yeah, I think just just understanding that it actually does take time and it might take multiple efforts and it might take multiple different approaches. Like I know myself that the things that, you know, I would have done initially when I was 18, 19 are very different to what I'm doing now. You know, my, my diet approach is totally different because over time, different things changed. And I think that if I had just said to myself, you know, when I was 18 or 19, oh, you know what, I actually don't like this whole um, dieting thing. I think I'll just kind of keep bulking and just not cut down because I find the cutting, cutting down hard. I, I wouldn't have developed a lot of the skills that make it relatively easy for me to kind of maintain a leaner physique these days. So, so yeah, I think um, thinking long-term when it comes to your nutrition is really important. And, and that does make it a little bit different as well to, 
how we measure some other interventions, I think, because like if you're talking about, let's say, a drug intervention, you might be able to see the changes in the parameters you're looking for within 12, week, let's, 12 weeks, let's say. Um, and that's not the case for all drugs, but for some drugs, whereas w- with dieting and nutrition, you're actually thinking about how can the person develop the habits to sustain them over the lifespan. Um, and that, that obviously doesn't involve chronic weight loss, but you know, having the skills to be able to take off a few kilos if you need to, I think is, is pretty handy, you know, in the modern environment. Yeah, hundred percent. I literally agree with everything you said, um, which is unusual because I actually don't like you as a person. Um, but, uh, yeah, like the actual end outcome is so hard to like actually say this is the success point because like, let's just go through a, a scenario, right? So you do your diet intervention, you go, you lose some weight. You could be the most fantastic diet intervention in the world, multidisciplinary team, someone actually cooks for you, etc. right? It's literally everything is done for you, right? Like if you were to measure most people's transition from here's the intervention, let's say it's 16 weeks, you know, and you get to the, the end outcome, you want to get down to whatever it is, 75 kilos, right? And you're like, cool, got to that weight. That's exactly where my end outcome is. That's exactly what I'm going to define as success. The next point after that is like, we need to maintain, right? Like we want to maintain. If you transition from 75 kilos is my definition of success. If you literally just trans like, change to a maintenance diet you're probably going to gain weight right you're probably going to gain some glycogen you're probably going to gain some water you know you're probably going to notice like some changes in terms of like your energy output you know there's going to be different things right but let's just assume 75 kilos was your target and then all of a sudden you're like oh cool i'm actually up two kilos now once i go into that maintenance period depending on your definition of success you could say that i failed that diet right and like that could have been represented, let's say you started off at hundred kilos, really worried about your health. We're in a bad position with, with everything. You spent 16 weeks and you actually lost 25 kilos, right? Like yeah, a huge amount, right? But you actually got that. And then you, again, transitioned to a maintenance phase and you went up to whatever, 77 kilos. But then you maintain that 77 kilos for the rest of your life. Would you consider that a failure as a diet? because your goal was 75 kilos. Like that was the, what your, your criteria for like success, right? So we need to be very clear in terms of what is actual success. But even with that, let's just assume that there's a five to 10% leeway either side of that success point. You go, cool, I wanna be 75 kilos. I'm pretty happy if it goes, you know, five to 10% either side of that, right? Like that actually gives you so much more leeway. However, it doesn't necessarily solve the question or the next point of this, which is you actually have to have set up a good diet on the way down to be able to maintain forever. Or you're basically going to have to relearn how to diet successfully, right? So, and we will do a podcast on it um, in terms of like how you set up a diet for success long-term, long-term weight loss and in what long-term like weight maintenance, et cetera. But like, Right now, you need to be thinking of, okay, what are the actual habits that would need to occur? Like, what would I need to do on a daily basis, weekly basis, whatever, to ensure that I'm going to be able to maintain this diet? And this applies whether your goal is to, like, I don't know, tone up, tighten up for the summer, or your goal is to, you know, tackle your overweight, obesity, whatever, right? Um, you need to have a, a, a basically an exit strategy. Like, what's the long term goal with the diet? Like, we do that with our clients when we're when we're coaching them in terms of it's like, right, we're dieting for sixteen weeks, then we're going to do a you know 
two week maintenance period or two week diet break or, you know, whatever. And then we're going to reassess. We're going to set some new goals. Maybe it's a weight gain phase. Maybe it's, you know, a longer term maintenance, whatever. But we have some sort of timeline. We have some sort of like idea. Now, obviously, because we're coaches, like we know how to tweak things as we go in terms of, oh, look, you're feeling these side effects of the diet. This is what we're going to do to overcome that. Oh, you're actually, you know, excessively fatigued. We're going to put in a diet break at week 12, even though, you know, we didn't think we would need one now. Like we know how to tweak the different variables, but just you yourself, you're not a coach, whatever, you're just trying to, to help yourself. You need to have a strategy of like, okay, I'm going to diet for 16 weeks for weight loss. I don't actually care if ultimately I get to the end outcome target that I wanted to get to. Like I want to go for, I want to lose 20 kilos. And, you know, at the end of those 16 weeks, for example, or like any arbitrary time, generally be like 12 to 20 weeks, somewhere in that kind of time frame. It's a, you know, a nice time period. You can get some good results, but also it's like, you know, this, this is maintainable to do whatever diet intervention you're, you're doing for that long. Right. Um, but anyway, look, you, you do that, then you go, okay, I'm going to actually just focus on maintenance because even if you need to lose more weight longer term, you've already done a period of maintenance. So you've already got those kind of habits. You're kind of like, Oh, I need to think about how I'm going to maintain this weight loss forever. Right. Even if your goal is to do, let's say 16 weeks of dieting down, a month at maintenance and then another 16 weeks of dieting down and then a month at maintenance you've already built in the power into the paradigm of like oh the eventual goal is to maintain here's how i'm going to maintain i need to find out my maintenance calories assuming you're using like calories and macros as your you know dieting strategy like even though obviously everyone is i mean like that you're counting calories and macros as your your dieting strategy um but you've also then gone, okay, so how do I actually set up a maintenance phase? Like, how do I actually maintain the, the results that I've got? What do I need to focus on with that? Oh, I actually need to eat more. What are the, the different psychological things that go on? What are the different, like, you know, mental battles that go on once I go from eating in a deficit and really looking at the scales, you know, intently every single week, every single day, whatever, watching it go down. Like, what happens when that's not happening. Like, are you still motivated? Are you still like, are you kind of lost? Do you start getting a load of like fear around watching the scales go up? Even if it is only like a kilo, you know, like we need to tackle all those things because what you don't want to happen is again, you do your 16 week diet intervention, get great results. And then you're let go and you see you later. Bye-bye. And you try to maintain for the rest of your life, but you're not actually, you've never set things up to maintain and the wheels start falling off the wagon and you know you look at your weight one day and you're up five kilos that sets you off in a spiral you binge eat and then like you know just slowly starts falling apart right so we don't want that to have to ha- we don't want that to happen so we have to build in like you know effectively maintenance periods and this is one of the things like this is just literally one thing that we could do to make the diet itself better overall and um, having actual built-in maintenance periods however like i'm saying this as if we're going from straight from like dieting down like actively losing weight see i told you i say dieting for like weight loss mm-hmm. um, but like we're actively uh, losing weight for those 16 weeks and then we're maintaining like you could do it the opposite way like you could just focus okay i'm going to do four weeks right now i don't care it's completely weight neutral eight weeks 16 weeks i don't care how long it is 
completely weight neutral and all you focus on is like i need to do engage in you know good healthful habits i want to eat my vegetables i want to eat my you know lean protein sources i want to you know build out the diet in a way that it's like these are really good healthful practices you know i've got my sleep sorted i've got my stress management sorted i'm engaging in exercise that i you know maybe you don't hate or maybe you don't love but you don't hate it you know you you enjoy it because you'll find something it doesn't need to be resistance training although we obviously have that bias and could be cardio, like literally going for runs. It could be fucking whatever. Now, obviously, again, if you are an obese individual, there are probably some you know counter indications for certain exercises. Like I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, just go out and start doing a load of jogging up hills, up mountains. If you are like 400 pounds obese, like it's probably not going to be great on your joints. And um, but you know what I mean? Like find some sort of exercise that you can engage in and that you do enjoy. And again, that's something we'll talk about in the future. But you could do that. I don't care. Eight, 16, 20 weeks, just focusing on good health practices that are effectively just maintaining your weight. And then all of a sudden we'll realize that, okay, we've actually got improvements in you know, blood lipids, you know, uh, blood chemistry, and um, we've got improvements in how you feel and like all the things that we actually want from a diet. And then you can start going, okay, now my next thing is I want to tackle calories i want to tackle the overall like we'll call it the volume of food that you are eating however what often happens by just focusing on good health habits you know the actual diet setup so we're actually creating a good diet paradigm and what often happens is you feel fuller for longer you feel more satiated and all of a sudden you're like okay i actually don't want to eat as much you know and and that generally tends to lead to weight loss, like, you know, effortless weight loss in a way where it's like, you're not actually actively thinking about this. It's just occurring. You're just literally honoring your hunger signals and it occurs. Now that's not always the case in the obese. Um, but there's some like, you know, metabolic stuff and different hormonal stuff, but we'll, we'll talk about that in another time. Um, so ultimately, first of all, we need to have clear success criteria but then also we need to build out a better diet so that you know you actually can succeed long term because this is probably the the biggest hurdle for most people well as i said the biggest hurdle for most people is being able to sustain the diet for long term or having to sustain the diet for long term um but the way you solve that is by actually making a better diet paradigm making it so that you could actually see yourself eating like this for the rest of your life. Like right now, Gary, if I asked you, could you see yourself eating like the way you do for the rest of your life? You're going to say yes. Cause you've built out a diet paradigm where you're like, yeah, I could, you know, maybe I modify it a little bit, you know, based on the, like, the quantities of food throughout your life. Like that's always going to change. Your activity level is going to change, et cetera. But you're like, yeah, I'll probably eat similar foods probably have a similar setup in terms of like, you know, you eat four meals a day, for example, maybe you intermittent fast or whatever. You're like, yeah, I could definitely see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Now that doesn't mean that you will do that for the rest of your life, but you know, you could see yourself doing it. And that's the main thing where it's like, we've built out a diet paradigm that's leading to the success that we want, which is, you know, in this case, weight maintenance and uh, long-term and health Um and you've built that out and you can do that throughout the dieting phase down, like, you know, the actual weight loss phase or when we are actually maintaining, but either way, you need to have the skills, you need to have the strategies, you need to have the habits built in so that we have set up a, a good diet. And I can guarantee you right now that 99% of people that are saying that, oh, I failed on my diet. It was because they didn't have a, a good diet set up. And again, I'm not blaming those people. I'm saying that the industry does a fucking terrible job at giving out good information. Um, 
but that's 99% of the reason. Their diet wasn't set up correctly. They didn't have the support that they needed. They didn't know how to make the changes when they needed to make those changes. And then they also, which is a huge thing, didn't have the, the psychological support to have someone there to kind of support them through the different like mental shifts that occur when you go from like a weight loss phase to a weight maintenance phase, or, you know, just the general wear and tear of a diet where it's like, oh, you're feeling a bit more fatigued. This is how we handle this oh, you're having these thoughts about binge eating. This is how we handle it. That kind of stuff, you know? Like you kind of need someone to show you the path if you want to succeed on the path. And a lot of the time when people say like, oh, my diet failed. And you ask them like, oh, who showed you how to set up your diet? They'll be like, oh, I did it myself. And I'm like, are you a nutritionist? Are you a dietitian? Like, they're like, oh no, I found some information online. I'm like, man, this is literally a medical intervention. That's almost like, would probably consider it a medical intervention. Like imagine just going like, oh, my uh, appendix burst and uh, I had surgery on it. And you go, oh, wow, who did your surgery? And you're like, oh, I just did it myself. You know? <laughs> I just found something online and I just, you know, cut myself <laughs> open, took it out, stapled it together, was no bother, you know? Like imagine saying that. And then you have these, again, uh, pr- medical professionals, uh, although professional is a, a hard to use term when they do compare it to like, you know, a pharmaceutical intervention and be like, Oh, if the drug had this risk profile, et cetera. I'm like, yeah, well, if people are randomly fucking administering themselves drugs, um, I'm going to presume there's going to be a higher risk profile. It's not like this was medically supervised. It's not like this was like, you know, given by a professional. Most often than not, it's someone picking up some random diet they read in a magazine or, you know, online or whatever. And then going like, Oh, yeah, like uh, I, I didn't succeed at that. And I had all these side effects and all these issues. And it's like, yeah, man, if I literally got a random drug off the internet, I would probably have the same issues. I'd probably be like, yeah, I didn't get the effect that I wanted. And I had all these side effects. So like, yeah, it is, it is the perfect analogy to say it is like uh, the pharmaceutical intervention because these people are getting random advice randomly online. It's not something that is actually, let's say, medically supervised or even just supervised by someone who knows what they're doing in general so it's not exactly uh set up correctly from the start yeah two things firstly i just got recently got this uh surgical skills kit which comes equipped with uh all the scalpels and everything so i might do that surgery on myself you were saying you know Unreal. i've actually got a scalpel and loaded that stuff in yeah. my press for the last like four years because you said it's pretty simple little appendectomy easy let's do it <laughs> uh second thing you were saying you know i probably have set up a diet that i'd be able to maintain for life it's been changing recently i just got a barbecue there last week so i'm going to eat a lot more meat now for the rest of my life so i'm taking the anti-vegan path to be honest <laughs> i just can't stop eating meat now because the barbecue is just too tempting you know so there we go um, also, barbecue just so everyone is where is my favorite food so if we yeah. are ever at like a seminar triage seminar or whatever like we are definitely if there is a barbecue place in the vicinity going to that and just so everyone is aware whenever people think like we go to seminars like why well, i was going to say all the time as if that happens in this day and age but uh we always you know just happen to uh end up in a barbecue joint um, by accident it's not like i'm fucking severely influencing that so i'm i'm on my way down gary i'm ready for the barbecue you better have your uh can't wait ribs um prepared um, but yeah, look, I honestly don't think I have that much else to add to, to what you've said, to be honest. I mean, like, I think it's, I think you can break it down very simply. You know, people ask, uh, do diets work? And 
I very simply would say it depends what you mean by diet and depends what you mean by work. <laughs> there you go. You know, and it's, it's a spectrum. The more support you have and the smarter you are with, you know, setting up an appropriate diet and the more patience you have with regards to taking the necessary steps to develop those habits, etc., the better success you're probably going to have, you know, um, there are some cases where more rapid weight loss can be better for people. And there are cases where slower weight loss can be better for people. And again, even just saying that statement just reinforces the fact that these things do have to be personalized. And if we want to get the best outcomes, like that's ultimately how it's going to happen. So, so yeah, I do understand uh, to some degree people pushing back against um, weight loss as a kind of a catch all intervention, because it is often the case that people will go to their GP uh, for example, and they'll say, oh yeah, you've uh, got tummy pain or knee pain or whatever, uh, just uh, lose some weight. You know, have you tried losing weight? And, and that's it. You know, there's actually no other step. And in some cases as well, people can receive substandard care, um, which kind of falls under the bracket then of weight stigma or um, weight stigma influencing healthcare. And absolutely, like I think anyone would agree that that is just bad practice full stop. You know, it's just bad practice. But I think it's important not to just say this uh, or to, to say that, okay, weight stigma um, is a problem. Therefore we shouldn't recommend weight loss because obviously the goal would be, Oh, actually let's just do better at actually making sure people are well supported. If we're going to recommend that intervention, you know? Um, so yeah, look, they're, they're different. They're different problems. Um, obviously it's, it's incredibly difficult for GPs, especially very busy GPs, overworked GPs who are seeing patients for, five to 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, if you're lucky, um, to do medication reviews, to discuss the patient's symptoms, how things are going at home and, oh, their mood has been poor recently. And then also, oh yeah, you're trying to work on your diet. Like, how are you going to have the time to be able to discuss all that stuff in detail? So, um, that's obviously why it's, it's better to work with people who have more time to support you if you can, you know, if you do want to walk through the process. So if that's the end of the conversation, I think that was a nice one, segue. One final, one final thing just to say Go in ahead. terms of like, do diets even work? Like this is also like, you could phrase that question in a way, and this is really quick, uh, in, in a way that means like, are you going to be perfect on your diet the entire time? And the answer to that is no. Like I literally know no one who is, you know, perfect because that can, that is also something that people think they must be to get the results that they want. They think that, oh, I have to be 100% on my diet and if I don't, you know, hit my macros perfectly or I don't eat these foods or whatever, like I failed on my diet and thus the diet is a failure. And yeah, I, I'm actually more inclined to say like, yeah, the, the, you've, the diet didn't work because, you know, you didn't do it perfectly. However, what I mean by that is like, you didn't do that diet perfectly, but that's not, that doesn't influence the actual results that you'll get. Well, it obviously does, but like, it doesn't actually matter because no diet is perfect. Like, you don't have to be perfect with the diet at all times to get results. And this is one of the things that people do. They self-sabotage so easily um, by just going like, oh, uh, I didn't stay to my diet perfectly. So uh, the diet didn't work. Uh, I'm done, you know? And again, that comes back to all the stuff that we talked in here. A lot of the time it's just because the diet was set up really poorly and like you were never going to adhere to it long-term. Um, or it could be just a case that like, look, these are normal dieting adaptations. You were hungrier. You didn't have a, a different coping mechanism for when you used to binge, like you used to get sad or angry or whatever emotions. And then you used to have 
food as a fallback to kind of like, you know, pick you up. And now you don't have that. So, you know, you didn't have a, a different coping strategy. So there is a lot that goes into this. Um, and I just wanted to kind of, you know, touch on that as well, that the diet doesn't need to be perfect to say that a diet actually worked, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And that also goes for, I guess, th- there's kind of the intervention failing the person and the person failing the intervention. You know, a lot of people feel like, oh, you know, I failed that diet. You know, I, I couldn't stick to it. It's like, okay, maybe there was part of it that was also failing you. So it kind of, it kind of goes both ways there. Um, so yeah, look, I think that's everything we wanted to cover in this conversation. I think it's a pretty simple question. Do diets work? And as I said, it depends what you mean by diet and it depends what you mean by work. I think that depending on your initial perspective, like you might be coming at this from the perspective of oh, everyone should diet and it's always a good idea. And I would say, consider that perspective again you know it's like it's not always an appropriate time for someone to try to lose a lot of weight um it's difficult and it's not always the main problem either you know someone might have higher yield medical needs that they might need to take care of um because for example if someone has like severe depression and they're contemplating suicide let's say like suicide will kill you in a second whereas obesity will kill you in multiple decades so they're kind of, it's obviously an extreme example, but they're the kind of hierarchy of medical problems that someone might be, be trying to deal with. So I think, you know, empathy goes a long way there with understanding that, you know, just because someone, you know, is classified as obese and you might think, oh God, they're such a slot, they're such a glutton. You never know what's going on in someone's life, you know, and you never know how many times they've tried to lose weight and someone could have been 400 pounds and now they're 300 pounds. And that's absolutely amazing because that's really difficult to do. So yeah, we don't know where people are. So we should try not to judge, even though that's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and then the other side of that is obviously you might be someone who's thinking, oh, well, I had a bad experience with dieting. So I don't think people should ever diet. Diets are bad. Diets are harmful. People get eating disorders, etc." And I would say, yes, well, absolutely. There's a risk of people developing uh, disordered eating behaviors. Um, and you know there are risks associated with dieting, for example, related to body image and stuff like that as people regain weight, for example, um, that's not the case for everyone. And those things aren't necessarily permanent either. So, you know, the, the better we get at coaching people through the process and the more support we give people, the better they're going to come out the other end, you know, and some people just have a very smooth process with no bumps in the road. And I'm always jealous of those clients. You know, I'm sure you've had the same where sometimes people just sign up and they just tick all the boxes and they're like, yeah, you know, I just lost 15 kilos. It was no factor. And I feel like I'm prepared to, you know, maintain this on my own. And I'm like, okay, impressive, you know, well done. It happens all the time. So, so yeah, look, there's, there's a spectrum there, but yeah, if you do want support on the, with the process, of course, we do have coaching spaces available. Um, so, so yeah, as, as, as you know, we, we help people who are trying to lose weight all the time. Um, and it's something that, we've gotten much better at over the years because as we've discussed in this conversation, you do need support and you do need changes to be made. And it's not enough to just say, here's your diet, stick to that. And and that's my coaching process has evolved so much over the years as a result to the point where at the beginning, I'm super hands off in terms of, you know, giving people some basic guidelines at the start, seeing how they get on and then make changes as we go. Because, you know, I just, 
just have found that to be a really important part of the process that we allow people to kind of develop their own dieting strategies over time and obviously support them through that. So if you'd like to work with us, myself, Patty and Brian all have coaching spaces available. So we do have training and nutrition or we have nutrition on its own. Um, so if you're interested, get involved. We do also the Coaches Corner, which is our membership site for coaches who are trying to increase their level of education. So you can subscribe there if you're interested. We have a newsletter, the Triage Method newsletter, and we also have a free Facebook group, the Triage Method community. I would expect that all of you are following myself, Skinny Gaz, Patty at The Real Patty Farrell, and Brian at Brian O'Hangasa, and of course, Triage Method at Triage Method on our social media platforms. Instagram is the primary one where we put out content these days. So um, do follow us on there. And we always appreciate when people share the podcast. So, so if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode, do share it on your story, tag us. Same thing, you know, if you're, if you're ever uh, putting up stories yourself and you're saying, oh yeah, I learned this from triage or whatever, tag us. Or if you're doing an exercise and you're like, oh, you know, triage, any feedback, you know, just tag us. We're happy to, to comment back to people. It's no problem. Um, so I think that's everything that we, that we have going on. And if you happen to listen to the podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a review, please do. And also subscribe to the podcast because, you know, helps spread the good word of triage. So that's it. That's all I've got time for as well. So uh, enjoy. Goodbye, folks.